All right, hello, 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 and welcome to the Encore Podcast. I am your host, Michael C. Brown, and we are here with a very, very special guest. Um, I did not want to book him while the football season was going on, but I had the luxury of being able to get him now, and that is Coach Miller. Uh, Coach Miller, I appreciate you being on the Encore Podcast. You guys had such a successful season um this past season so um thank you for being on and taking your time out today well thank you for having me it's, I, I enjoy getting the opportunity to talk about the program and things related to it so thank you yeah not a problem so we'll die we'll dive right in uh just tell the people like what your role is here at uh winner's mill and and things that you're involved in outside of you know just being the, the head football coach here well, I'm, I, as you mentioned, I'm a head football coach here. I've done that. This is my 11th year as head football coach. Um, prior to that, I was assistant football coach for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But I've been teaching English here. I started, actually, I was a mid-year hire December of 2003. So um, I've been teaching English here since then. Yeah. And then in the building, you know, I, I try to be present you know, I, especially for my players, I try to be present. They, I want to make sure that they see me and I'm visible. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I just try to be a, a, a positive contribution to the school. Yeah. I guess that, that's how I kind of view my role. Yeah. So I would say you're you're kind of like that uh that that pillar of like Winners Mill. I know when I got here, um, you know, it was a group of individuals that I think kind of encompassed what Winners Mill is really all about. And I think you've taken that on and um. I think you also tell people, like, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So it's also a thing, like, you've been here, but mm -hmm. you also plan to be here as well because the place means means a lot to you. So I think mm -hmm. that's um, super important. I guess when we talk about just the aspect of, of coaching, what what was, I guess, what's most satisfying to you about being a football coach? Like, what brings you joy out of that? I like it when we can bring a group of kids together and we can get them working towards a common cause. Uh, I mean, I certainly enjoy winning. It's a competitive sport. I like the competition aspect of it. But a lot of these kids, they got to like, one, they need to know, understand the importance of being part of something bigger than themselves, yeah. working to help others. And, you know, sometimes you get pushed up against it and you got to you got to have the grit to, to push through it. and It's okay to rely on others. So working with the kids, I really enjoy. I mean, I love football. I'm obsessed with football. I love football. I love all aspects of football. Um, and being able to work in that regard and, and work in that arena in a sport that I love and, and sharing that, that love with the kids, that's, that's what I really enjoy about coaching is those relationships we build with them and helping them, you know, get in that right direction you yeah. know, sports is an extension of the classroom. It's, you know, we we try to impart those same type of values. Yeah. Is it is it good when you – I know you also been, you know, pretty involved in, in, in the Hall of Fame process. And some kids have been, um, you know, lucky enough. They're not kids anymore. They're mm -hmm. grown men. We had an opportunity to come back and make it into our Athletic Hall of Fame. How sweet is that to see – uh, those individuals become grown men and be mm -hmm. successful out here in the world and then come back and be recognized uh, as a Hall of Fame member. Yeah, it's the kids that, again, when you say the kids, are not, they're not children <laughs> anymore, but those those kids that I coach, to see them come full circle, it is, they already had a lot of the pieces in place. You know, it's, they came from good families, they had supports at home, um, so it's not surprising they had the success, but then for them to take a lot of the things 
sometimes you don't always aren't always aware of what the kids are hearing from you yeah. and for them to take some of those lessons and you know you you talk with them like yeah this was important this was important you don't always know if that's sinking in with them yeah um so it's 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 neat to see that kind of stuff come full circle and then now to talk to them as adults and as peers you know, a lot of those kids when they when I first started coaching, I was only a few years older than they were. Yeah. You know, so they are now of my peer group. So to to interact with them that way, to see them as adults and husbands and parents and professionals, it is it's it, it does make you feel good about what you're doing here. Yeah, I I always brag um, as a principal to school that uh, one of the things with me and, and you know this because we had those conversations is a culture of a program. Right. Uh, when you see successful programs, whether you're talking about college or professional or even other high schools, um, when you see success, you usually see a certain culture that goes mm -hmm. along with that. Usually you don't see successful program with a toxic uh, culture, um, even though um, prior to the season, we, we've had some, some difficulties. However, there's always been a standard for the culture that we've had in our football program. Mm -hmm. And I attribute that a lot to you. Um Talk a little bit about how how do you build that culture within a football program mm -hmm. that and a lot of people know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, kids, we got teenage boys and there's a lot of testosterone that's going on, especially with football. There's mm -hmm. a lot of competition. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in the course of a season. Yep. How do you how do you manage that where um and just during my tenure, I can't really remember a time where we've had difficulties with our student athletes in regards to to football. How do you how do you manage all of that? The first thing it's important for me for the kids to know in our program that we care about them. I tell them all the time, like I love you guys, and I mean it. Like I I have a genuine interest in them being successful. Maybe not always on the field, but just as human beings. And I tell them like I love you, I care about you, but then they understand like I'm not your friend. You know, there is very hard boundaries with what our where our relationship is. Yeah. Uh, now, that doesn't mean, like, I won't advocate for you. It doesn't mm. mean I won't help you. Like, I would do anything for our kids. If they give us a little, we will give them a lot. Yeah. And I think they understand that because we try to live it. You know, kids yeah. kids see if you're genuine or not. Mm -hmm. Like, they know, like, if you can back up the talk with action. And I think not just me, but all of our coaches, they understand that, the care piece. Um, and then from there, you know, I meet with all of our kids, like any kid who has any interest in playing football towards the end of the school year, I sit down, I talk with them yeah. and I've had discussions with some kids. I say, Hey, look, your behaviors in the school, if you continue those football's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to ostracize kids. I don't want to make kids feel like they can't belong there. Yeah. Uh, but they ha like, they need to understand the expectations very clearly. They don't got to be angels. Yeah. You know, they don't got to be walking around holding hands, yeah. like singing Kumbaya all the time. Right. But they have to understand that there are expectations and that there will be consequences for not meeting those expectations. Yeah. Um, now, conversely, we will take anyone who's willing to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, a lot of times I'll talk with parents like, how do you make cuts? Like, we don't. Yeah. If you if you show up and you're willing to work and you toe the line in the building, you can be a part of what we do here. And it's. Um, that's kind of where we start is I want kids to know that we care about them, that they have a place where they feel accepted. Um, it's important to me that I know our kids' names. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like the, the ninth grade kid who might not think I know him, yeah. it's important that I, hey, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm checking up on you. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of at the heart of it. I think if you'd ask our kids that like, 
you know, they might not like everything I say all the time, yeah. but I explain to them why we do the things the way we do. Yeah. Um, I try to give them over ownership over a lot of things. It's important for kids nowadays to feel like they have a say in it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, where we operate from. They know that, you know, if they don't do right, they're going to hear from me, but they also know that if they need me, we will be there in a heartbeat for them. And I think, I think that really helps to, to build those tight bonds. That's, I really do believe that's where, like, where our kids – it gets us through some of those tough times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that they they feel like it's all of us together, not just there's the coaches and they're the players and we're butting heads. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like the kids will, will say now, um, you know, Mr. Miller stands on business. You know, you are about – business when it comes to, to, to football, but I also think you're about business when it comes about growing and nurturing these young men. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like I said, young women, because we, we've had, uh, you know, girls play football sure. and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just think that's, that's really huge. This season, I know just talking uh, about it just gets me excited all over again, because um, since I've been here, you know, I wouldn't say there's like low expectations for winners mill football, but I just know, um, you know, there's other areas in the county where they've had some stronger teams sure. just on paper when we're going into the season. And so with that, um, I've all, you know, I'm a football guy. Like, you know, that like, mm-hmm. so for football for me is like, I- I'm all in with, with, with that. Um, if, if the district would allow me, I probably would have a headset on, on, <laughs> on Friday nights and everything else, sitting in the box. It won't allow me to do any of that stuff. Well, if I could, I would because I'm not passionate about the game. But this season had to really feel good for you as a coach um, to see a team go undefeated as as long as you all did, uh, go into the playoffs, and again, you know, without, you know, your starting quarterback, I honestly feel as though – you all left everything out there um, and went far. And so how, what do you attribute that success to this season? You know, after you've gone through the trials and tribulations mm-hmm. of the past, what do you attribute that that success to? Staying true to who we are as a staff. You know, anytime the season people want to talk, and I, I, I would be a liar if I told you, like, if someone says, hey, good job, or you get recognition, like, mm-hmm. I'm just like anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I appreciate that. Yeah. It would be impossible for me to accept that recognition without first our coaches, my coaching staff. Yeah, you know, so like I attribute the the bond we have with our staff. I mean, it's I tell that you know, like we have a shared philosophy of what we want to do with these kids, mm-hmm. and I tell them like, look, times might get tough, and we got to be the rocks with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start with the staff, and then you know, it just kind of came together. It, we haven't really done. We didn't really do anything differently this year that we haven't done in previous years. We had a great group of talented kids that came through, and we've had like I love our kids at Winters Mill. Like some years, the worst part of the week for me is Friday from seven to nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. I love working with our kids here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we just had a great collection of talent, and on top of that, you know, it's we had things go our way. You know, we played I think what seven or eight home games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes like those kind of things work for you. I think this year is really the culmination of stuff that we've been doing here over a long period of time. 
you know, I tell people all the time, like, regardless of what our own field record is, and I go to clinics and I talk with other coaches who are very successful, I'll say, what we do to prepare our kids, yeah. I will put up against people unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. You know, like in mm-hmm. terms of our prep as coaches, um, our knowledge as coaches, what we teach the kids, how we teach them. Yeah. It's just, you know, some Friday nights leading up to this point, you don't you don't got enough bullets in the clip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's this year, like, our kids got some momentum early on, and like a lot of Winter's Milk kids before them, they're gritty, they're tough, mm-hmm. you know, and they just, they ran with it. They yeah. really did. So it's, you know, you kind of stand on the shoulders of the people who came before you, and I think that's what you saw this year is, you know, we're running the same plays, calling the same yeah. defenses, yeah. Uh, maybe make little different in-game adjustments, but it's it, it just kind of came together for, for us, and it's... Those those previous groups, I hope they get the share in this also. Yeah. You know, our our winners mill kids get to hold their heads a little hotter because the winners mill kids are tougher than any other kids in the county. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, I don't want to draw a line in the dirt for some of these, but our kids are the toughest in the county. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of times people looked at the down their noses at our program. Mm-hmm. Um there are critics out there. Now I don't like I'll live rent free in my critics' minds. And yeah. that's that's gratifying for me. Like right. uh but our kids they put their best foot forward and they took the things that we've been working on with them since they were ninth graders and they ran with it. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess I'll always, you know, say this as well as like, you know, now that you, uh, you know, you've gotten the success, I know you've already, and that's how coaches think is like, all right, like I'm already on to next yeah. season. We talk, we talk about the Ravens a lot and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, well the Ravens lost in the playoffs. I'm sure John Harbaugh was like already on next year. Yep. Almost the minute he's probably, you know, going back to his house. So it's like for you, uh, how do you maintain that level of success and build upon a successful season? Because I know we've talked about before, you know, you may have kids in the hallway that hadn't even thought about, you know, playing football. Mm -hmm. They may be capable, but, you know, in today's age, you know, a lot of kids want to be a part of winning. Mm -hmm. And so they see like, well, I'm not playing. They're probably not going to win anyway. So now – you're winning, you, and then you probably already had this one or two guys coming up to you mm-hmm. like, you know what, Coach, man, I'm interested in playing football next year. How do you how do you manage that that success and build upon it for, for next year? I think, again, it's just staying true to who I am as a coach. I'm not going to be any different than I was last year when we were three and six. Yeah. Um, I think if I can still maintain who I am and continue to do the things, keep those expectations high um, – and I'll just we'll just keep trying to get kids to come out for football. Yeah, you know that's that's kind of how I look at it. I remember I helped Coach Lowe for a number of years with wrestling. Mm-hmm. The first couple of years I helped him, we struggled, mm-hmm. and we stayed the course. You mm-hmm. know, I did. I mean, we always we always reflect on what we do. Always constantly reflecting. And I know it's easy to throw out there like, what's the definition of insanity? Doing yeah. the same thing over and over again thing that comes with a caveat if you're reflecting on what you're doing and you're still doing the best practice that you think is available to you that's okay to continue yeah you know it's yeah. it's the part where you don't reflect so we constantly reflect on what we're doing you know i meet with my staff almost as soon as the season's done i've exit interviews with all of them yeah. um but just continue to be true to who i am and i'll be the biggest cheerleader for wintersville football out there you know mm-hmm. i i'm excited about our program if kids can feed off of that, they're drawn to it, we'll take them. You know, fortunately in this county, we've opened enrollments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times we tend to get to be tended views of like the, the second option. And then if a person doesn't want to send their child here, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to 
I, like I'm certainly not recruiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely not going to beg anybody to come here. <laughs> yeah. We'll take who comes through. The, we want to continue that. But it, like you look for like how many four-year kids do you have that stay in the program? How many kids do you get out that are new to the program from ninth to 10th grade? Yeah. Do you have healthy numbers? I always look, are kids quitting? To mm-hmm. me, that's – sometimes kids have to quit because of things beyond their control. Yeah. But like, are kids quitting a lot? Mm-hmm. Those are kind of those are a lot of times are my measuring stick for things. So we'll just keep being who we are. Yeah, keep doing the things that we do, and we'll accumulate the the kids that want to come out, and you know we'll go to work, and we'll be all right. Yeah, you know we're we're gonna be all right. I think about we had COVID. Yeah, yeah. you know in 2019 we had a group that was right there on the cusp, kind of like we were last year, mm-hmm. and then. We had two weeks of prep and we're playing in winter and early spring. Yeah. And I think that could have been a group that could have had a year like this. Yeah. You know, and then the year after that, we were one and nine. Mm-hmm. And then last year, we were three and six. Yep. And then this year, we had a good year. I, I felt yep. like, you know, we have years like that. We cycle through Build. things. Build up. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be fine. It's a shame that that group in, in the in COVID spring didn't have their full season because I thought, you know, maybe they could have had a playoff win. Yeah. You yeah. know, they could have had some of that success against other teams. Um, but I th- we'll be all right. We're going to be all right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think part of it is like when I, I remember when I first got here, you know, it's um, it was one of the things where I, it, it kind of shocked me because I saw kids wearing other schools like sweatshirts and, and stuff of that nature. And um, I think the first year or two, I mean, people were – you know, wanting to transfer and leave and go different places. I'm talking to them and talking to different parents. And, um, you know, it's good to see over the course of years that I've been here, that switch around and that change. And I think like you talking about staying the course, being true to who you are, all of those things I think matter mm-hmm. when you're talking about trying to build and maintain success. Right. Then everybody may not see it. Everybody may not agree. But I think being consistent with your approach is is huge. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not to say, you know, we, we talk about people get mad. Um, You know, we talk we talk about the Ravens and I'm on all these different uh, chats. And, yeah. And, and so there's this group of people out here that hate John Harbaugh. You know, they think that the Ravens should just fire John Harbaugh, get some new mm-hmm. hot shot coach and everything else. But then there's also those that are appreciative about um, just the consistency of the approach mm-hmm. where you're consistently winning, you're consistently being competitive. Uh, you don't have a law. Where you're, and there's something to, to, to say for that. So I think for you um, saying that, I think that's really huge that – um, you know, you're able to build on that. And I, I truly believe that a successful football program helps to drive school climate mm-hmm. in a positive way. Um, and I've, I've seen it. And I saw it this past fall. Like, it really... Absolutely. The, 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 the student, I mean... Yeah, our it, kids were awesome in the stands. Love it. Yeah, they they were they were all in, um, you know, and even the playoffs, everything else, they were, they were really all in and about this team. So I feel like that's going to continue where people are going to get really excited once football starts yeah. up again uh, to really be involved. Um, I know you being a coach and also an English teacher, talk about some of the challenges that brings, especially 
in the fall, right? So mm-hmm. it's August, and you know, I know we always you get your letter, you come back, and I, I send a nice letter of all the things. And that's why, you know, you're like, all right, now I have to get ready for the season. You got scrimmages and stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. You got in service being, you know, being a teacher mm-hmm. that you got to get ready for all the new things that may come at you. How do you, how you man, how you manage all that? It has to be a lot of time involved in all that well, stuff. When it comes to football, a lot of it becomes like delegating responsibilities. Like I'm, I become like the logistics guy. Like this is like, I, I have to see the big picture. Um, but then I have, and I'm so fortunate with the coaches that we have helping us. Hey, this is your responsibility. This is your job. Mm-hmm. And it's things that they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this is how it works. If we, if I didn't have our coaches here, the people that we have working, if we didn't have them, yeah. it would be impossible. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times things can run. If I wouldn't show up, things would keep going exactly how they should because our, our coaches are so confident in themselves and they're so sure of what they need to do that like they understand they 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 get what their their responsibilities are yeah. um when it comes to teaching english you know i try to stay in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. um I, i'd be the first to admit like my strength as a teacher is energy and proximity regiment yeah you yeah. know i think those are my strong suits in class i try to engage the kids um, I'm not always the strongest technical English teacher, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't always, I don't want to teach AP English cause I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, with coaching football, I wouldn't be able to give AP the time it deserved yeah. to help those kids prepare for that exam. Yeah. So I try to stay within my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started as head coach, it was a lot of adjustments yeah. just cause you have all that responsibility. Plus you have to grade these papers. But now that I've done it for a number of years, mm-hmm. I have it worked out that you know I can balance my workload with my with my football requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it's time management. It's yeah, yeah. you have your to do list for the day, and that's you know that you have to stick to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we uh, you know I've had the opportunity to and and um, you know be around your family a little bit. You know. Um, at games and different other special events, um, even got the the privilege of, you know, going to your your, your dad's home hometown and mm-hmm. everything. Uh, so I know a little bit about you as, as a man, you know, and I and I respect a lot of things about you. Um, I think similarly, I think we we share some of this, the the same values. You know what I mean? Um, but talk a little bit about your 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 background, your interests, like what. If there's some things or characteristics that make you you, uh, whether you got them from your parents or so forth, like mm-hmm. what makes what makes Matt Miller Matt Miller? I you know it's every almost everything I do I think about how I was raised, um, where I grew up. My dad was a pretty successful businessman. He had a construction company, but then he was very involved in our community. Um, he was on borough council, borough like in Hummelstown we boroughs mm-hmm. town. He was yeah, on, yeah. he was on town council when I was a kid. Um, he was involved with the, uh, the the civil commission, which helped interview and hire police officers in Hummelstown. And then when I first started becoming teacher, he got elected the mayor of Hummelstown. Mm-hmm. And watching him, he was a service leader. That role had been largely ceremonial when he first took it. Yeah. yeah. And he really was. I felt like he was of the people. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. and. It was a it was a uh, a team effort because he couldn't have done it without my mom. Right. And service to the community was always huge for them. Like when I was growing up, 
they were always involved in different things around town, whether it was something official or helping a friend. It was always about wanting to help other people. Uh, and I think about that as a coach. Now, I'm not a businessman. Like my dad would just kind of use his – as he went through being mayor – where his business stopped and where the town started would use them to uh, he would use his business to help the town a lot yeah um but i think about that a lot in my role as a teacher and a coach like how can i how can i help these kids and how can i be involved like be involved i am not from westminster but westminster is and you've learned this it is a very small knit community yeah. everybody knows everybody else yeah. um my fa my wife is of this community very much so mm -hmm. Uh, like a lot of times my point of reference when I'm out and about is like, I have to say who my wife is and then like, okay, now we know who they are. Right. Um, but it's important to be involved in, in my, in our local community here in Westminster. Uh, so like service to others, volunteerism was always a, a, a very big deal to me. Yeah. Work ethic. Yeah. You know, when my dad was a kid, he was a dairy farmer. You know, he he farmed. He he was a dairy farmer up until right before I was born, and then he went to work for a company called Agway. He was not college educated, but he was probably the smartest person that I knew I was ever around. Yeah. Um, but you know, he would always be up at four four thirty, and then he'd be up late. I mean, he just went 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 went. Yeah. You know, I tried a little bit more balance with some of that stuff, but you can't substitute work ethic. Um, yeah. and then working. You know, I guess I think about it like within my marriage. My mom and dad were a team. You know, my mom my mom actually worked with my dad. Not only – she was very involved with stuff in town, but she – her and my dad worked together in their business. Yeah. You know, now my wife and I don't work together, but I understand the importance of work in your relationship. You work as a team. Yeah. You know, you can't do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the, – the, the volunteerism and service are, are huge for me. Yeah. And I – that's – when you're blessed with a lot of things, you have an obligation to give back in some way, shape, or form. I, I do believe that, and it's and if you live that, it's people pick up on it. Yeah, you know. And I'm yeah. not saying it for me. I just think about uh, really, you know, my my dad had such an impact on my life. I think about how he helped others, and it's you see that carry on. Yeah, you know, you yeah. see that go forward. You see that in and around places in our town. So it's, you know, being involved here and being involved in a community of Westminster, that's a big deal for me, you yeah. know, is that, is that volunteer service and then the work ethic piece. Yeah. And I, I think you, you see that again, like it's a reflection in um, who you are as a person. Like I said, with that are coming back and, and giving up their time. I mean, you know, I always say this all the time, the pay, and anybody listening to this podcast, the pay for coaches in Maryland stinks. It just does compared to uh, other states that are serious about, you know, uh, getting these student athletes. If you were a coach in some other areas of the country, football coach, that would be what you would be is a football coach. And that's, and so I, see, I see some of those places and I think it's, it's I don't mean to interrupt. I thought no, you brought that up, but like comes back to the success piece. Like I see a lot of these nationally televised games, mm -hmm. and they're, they're they're tremendous football players. And I don't yeah. know those coaches, I don't know those kids, but it's some of the stuff doesn't. This, a lot of this doesn't happen organically. Yeah, yeah. We want to go to the best team to win, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? That yeah. we we really place that high emphasis on winning. And I don't know those programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but it's like they're a lot of them manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. They they pull these kids from all over the place. A lot of money involved. You know, I read different, just like you. I know you're very involved with leadership with principals. I read a lot of like coaching articles, coaching magazines, and you see these places where these guys make a lot of money to coach high school football. But then it's like, you know, is it about winning for you? Or are we talking about character development? And a lot of times it's like, yeah. okay, you can win. But if you don't have that character piece, mm-hmm. then it, it shouldn't be in the schools. Right, right. Form an AAU team or form something out like a traveling seven on seven team. Yeah. But it's yeah. I don't know. I just see some of those things like around like this school or this school. They're on TV and all these big time yeah. recruits and all this money involved. And I I don't know if I would want to be involved with that. Yeah. And again, I don't know those people. <laughs> I don't. It's, I don't mean it. It's not an indictment on their character. It's just. Uh, you're still you're still dealing with high school students, and there's an obligation for teaching there. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of like me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah. This is who wants me. This is where I'm going to play. This is what I'm considering. And it's like this is you're still a 16 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I um, and it's you know you talk about that, and that's a that's a whole different layer of the conversation. But I think that um, you know. I think there's a happy medium in Maryland. Like I, I would never want us to be in, in some of these other states where you know coaches are getting, you know, six figures and, and you're putting everything emphasis on on winning and, mm-hmm. and the academic side kind of takes a back seat. I, I still believe there's a medium where coaches can sure. get a respect absolutely for the time and energy that you all put into it is unreal, mm-hmm. right? And that's just coaches in general in in Maryland, whatever you're coaching, whatever. But since we're talking about football, I know the time and energy that goes into it. Uh, a lot of people don't. It's a lot of time and energy, and the pay doesn't. I mean, I don't even think it comes close to breaking even. You know, no, what I, mean? I drive my <laughs> I drive my wife crazy. I I tell them like I'd do it for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really would. And yeah. She like <laughs> she sees firsthand the time, and it, it, I mean, it, she understands it's a passion of mine. But I, I, I think I would. I would. I mean, it's yeah. Now nah, I need I would need money to pay gas to get here, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. um. Talking about your 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 lovely wife, um, and your kids, uh, I always give people opportunity to talk about their significant others and, and their family because I know, uh, and like I said, I've seen you. I think probably the first, I think I probably within the first week or so, I was on a job and and you had came up and it was probably one of your oldest now, but you were like you know, had the stroller, the whole nine yards. Like you were super dad at that time. I was checking on the program and everything else. And I knew right there um, how important the family was to you. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little about your your wife. I know you told about her, how she supports you and how you are a team. Uh, but talk about her and the family and how that aspect kind of brings you joy every day and what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I couldn't do this without her. And I think any coach who would listen to this, that is invested in their program would say the same thing about their spouse, whether it's a, a wife coaching a team or a husband coaching a team for it to work. They got to be both be on board. And my wife is so supportive of what we do. Um, she's in a leadership role within her profession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's two totally different jobs, but we, you know, we're still dealing with a lot. We're dealing with people all day. Yep. So we, we are good uh, 
sounding boards for different topics when we go home. Like I, she dealt with deals with this employee or as we deal with this topic. And I say, well, I'm dealing with this kid or this situation. And we, we bounce the ideas off of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we kind of hold each other to task. There's been times <laughs> where like things have gotten tough and, you know, she'll flat out tell me like, and I never think about quitting, but she'll say like, you're not going to quit. Yeah. Like we're better than that. Mm-hmm. And you, you need to hear that something. Yes, I, I can. I am going to push on through this. And I'll say to her, like, you're killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you are working hard and you're doing such a great job. You know, you, sometimes you don't see that when it's right in front of you. So we are very good compliments to one another. And it's important for her to be very visible at the games. Other people need to know who she is. Yeah, yeah. But she she understands that, like, it is a family thing for us. <laughs> Um, you know, Winter's Mill is a special place to me. It's the first place gave me an opportunity to work, but we live in the Winter's Mill community. Like my kids will all come to school here because we're districted for here. Right. You know, so to have the opportunity to impact the place where your children are going to go, it's, it's, it's why Winter's Mill is kind of personal for me because my kids are going to go here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my kids to be around the sports and I, if they want to play sports or don't want to play sports, I really don't care. I want them to have a passion about something. Right. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad coached baseball the whole way up through. Not me. He coached older kids. He, I only ever played for my dad when I got to his age group. Yeah. That was when I was 15. Um, but I was always with him at his baseball events, and I loved being there. Yeah. I loved interacting with the older kids. I watched him coach. You know, So I think if my kids can see me in that capacity, it, it's a, one, it's a unique thing. Not everyone's dad's the football coach. Yeah. Um, but then to have that opportunity to be around other older kids and see how they act and see how you talk to them. Right. Um, and they like it. You know, I, th- I don't know how much they watch. They come and carry on because they have other friends yeah. that are there. But It's like a tradition now, though. But for them, I don't know what they would do without you coaching football because they're so used to yeah, I know. I mean, what's it, happening on Friday nights. All stuff. of them have – that's all they've ever known on a Friday night in the fall is – being in a winners' middle football game, whether it's here down at Dunbar for the playoff game, yeah, yeah, um, gosh, going out to Williamsport. I mean, they've mm-hmm. they've been everywhere, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it is it is really a, like when I tell the kids that you're like it's a football family for me. It's I bring my wife around, and I bring my kids around, and that's showing that I guess softer or personal side. The kids know you're genuine, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is a, it is a team. My wife and I always talk about that all the time. Um, you know, when you see successful couples, especially when they're in their professional realm, I, I love to see how couples kind of operate. So when I see you and your wife in like, uh, you know, an outing, I, I just laugh because I'm like, okay, that's probably how my wife would like. It's always the the the, the spouse that's trying to uplift the other. So she's coming here to Winner's Mill. You know, you can see your wife working in the room, being social, oh. talking to people. The whole she she's making you look like good. It's oh, this like, is, oh, no, just... is my little circle of influence. <laughs> we go out and stuff in the community, like, and I'm fine with this. You know, my friends will will bust my chops about it. Um, I always joke with her, like, I'm your arm candy when we go out <laughs> yeah. in places in the community. But I, again, it comes back to like, it's important for her to be involved in the community, and I work to support that. Yeah. And I want our kids to see that also. You know, you can't – it has to be sincere. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it, it's it, – people see right through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked everybody this. Um, 
uh, of everyone, every guest that comes on the show. At Winners Mill, we're about passion, purpose, pride, as you know. So uh, what are three things that you are passionate about right now in your life and uh, and why? Uh, coaching. Yeah. In my professional life, yeah. coaching. Um, I love teaching. Yeah. I really do. I would be a liar if I – like I – my passion is coaching. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I don't work – any less hard at teaching. So if yeah. you come through and evaluate me or observe me, it's important that I'm the best version of a teacher that I can be. Um, but coaching football is my passion. Personally, I constantly want to work hard to be the best husband and father that I can. And I know you feel this way because you have younger children also. Mm -hmm. The thing that would pull me away from coaching probably, yeah. barring any unforeseen circumstance, if I couldn't be the best Father and husband, mm -hmm. then coaching would have to take a back seat. Then it would. Then I'd have to probably reevaluate things because, like, you, your kids are only little for so long, and I try to soak up every opportunity that I get with them. You know, in the summer times, yep. being with them. Not that I have. I'm not a helicopter parent, but I I want them to know how much I love them mm -hmm. and how much I. It's important for me to be with them. Yeah. So, you know, coaching per professionally and then, you know, it's it's my family. You know, it's just being the best version of me for my wife and for my kids. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's huge, man. We talk about the the family piece all the time. Um and being a, being a dad and being an active dad. And I think that comes from your upbringing as well. You know, you talking about paying it forward. For me it's always paying it forward like I don't want to be any less mm -hmm. of a father than what my father was to me, you know? And if I can be um, somewhat like him, then I feel like my, my kids would be in, in good shape. But my kids get tired of me because I'm, like, loving on them. And, you know, I get mm -hmm. home, all right, Dad, like, stop with the kids. I'm like, but that's just that's just me because I know this time period of them being little. Mm -hmm. My daughter's getting her, um, her braces off today. And my wife is texting me and just, like, crying in a dentist's office because she looks... You know, she's starting to look older. You know yeah. what I mean? Eight years old, she's starting to have, like, this little grown person's face. So you mm -hmm. know that's, like, the face you're going to probably have mm -hmm. the rest of your life. It's starting to already take shape. So it's like, oh, no. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's all good, but you just you just know the moments are fleeting. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's that's awesome, man. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to mention before we, we wrap things up? I know you're always pumping for football. Hey, if you want to come out for well, what is yeah. no football, come out. You already said it earlier. Well, like. I, I always, 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 always. I'm always, and I in this whether we're one and nine or nine and two this year, we will take all comers. Yeah. There's a place for you in Winters Mill football to play football. Yeah. And you know, and honestly, I depending on who listens to this, I I hear people, you know, like a lot of times you hear certain things that aggravate you in and around sports. Yeah. And one of the things that always aggravates me is I hear people say like, oh, like if I talk about character or, you know, putting a good program together and, and maybe winning is not the number one priority, then I hear people say, oh, you're you're the kind of guy who everyone should get a trophy, mm -hmm. you know, and I hear that from people sometimes and I it aggravates me because like in today's day and age of people bouncing around, go to this school, go to this school, be on this team, be on this team. Yeah. The same people who criticize a lot of times, same people who criticize everyone getting a trophy are the same parents who do everything they can to get their kids on teams that never lose to get that trophy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so to the listeners out there, if you're between 
this school and other schools. Like I'm, I'm not going to beg anybody to come here. Yeah, yeah. But if you come here, you'll get a program that is second to none. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'll get a program where coaches are held to a high expectation, players are held to a high expectation. There's opportunities for success, which has been demonstrated this year. Um, we are no less. Uh, and if it's if you still see fault with some of that, then you know you're probably looking for a reason not to come. And best of luck to whoever you do. Yeah. We'll we will coach who comes through the door. I, I, and I want to say this too before we wrap up is I get this a lot from, and it's not just parents here, but I think it's it's just overall uh, with the generation that uh, you know uh, our generation of parenting that we we play football right now. We're the parents now that aren't allowing our kids to play mm. a game in which you play. Mm. And there's reasons why. Most of it is because of, of health reasons sure. and concussions and those type of things. I just want to say that, you know, since I've been principal here, um, you know, the amount of energy, injuries that I see in other sports sometimes are, are far more than what happens on yeah. the football field. I mean, I'm just being honest, yeah. like as far as concussions and so forth. I'm not going to put the other sports out sure. there, but there's other sports that kids play where they get just as injured or more injured playing those sports than they do playing football. Yeah. Um, and we've made a lot of strides in the equipment that uh, the kids use. And I also talked about the, the coaching techniques that you you guys mm -hmm. coach things the right way to try and limit kids from getting hurt and the strength conditioning program that you run, the whole the whole nine yards yeah. goes, goes together. I mean, the kids, I tell our coaches, like, we get the parents best. Like, our kids are golden because we have to think of it like if those are children, how would we want them to be treated? Right. And even before all the concussion stuff came out, it was there. our players' safety and health is always number one. Yeah. You know, I, I would never – we would never put our kids in a position to play – where they could seriously hurt themselves yeah. just for the sake of a win. Yeah. Um, we want our kids healthy through the course of the season because we need them. Yeah. You know, the yeah. days of, again, I love it when it's like, are you doing Oklahoma drills? No. <laughs> we do, we, we can do them once and the, kid, and the kids will get after it. Like, if you yeah. let them, yeah. they'll do it. They'll get after it. But you do it once, yeah. twice, someone's done. Yeah. And then what? Oh, yeah, we're tough. And you're on crutches on the sideline. Yeah. yeah. So we try we constantly reviewing how we teach things we try to limit the body only has so many hits yep. that's a fact i don't mm. care what sport it is mm. we have had injuries it's un like caleb gets hurt this year some yep. other kids yep. get hurt and it's that is the risk that is inherent in the sport mm. we and i will compliment our coaches they do an excellent job of that mm. there's no poor teaching or unsafe teaching that happens. Yeah. So if you're worried about that, come out for Winter's Mill football. Yeah. Come out for Winter's Mill football, baby. Um, Coach, I, it's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you, man. I, I really so much appreciate uh, you being on. Hopefully, um, you know, before the, the season starts, maybe we can get a uh, you, you on to get a little preseason. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, podcast on to see what your, your ideas of the season are coming in. Um, but just want to let the audience know um, that is a wrap. Uh, please remember that Encore Podcast, we're here to give you all more of the content you all uh, want. We'll again have some more student guests on. We'll also have some more interesting guests on as we continue to get through 
uh, this school year. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Remember, hit that subscribe button if you want to know when new podcasts and those things are coming out. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and I'll see everybody again next time. Thanks.